coming at you from the frozen tundra that is East Central Alberta, Canada, streaming live on YouTube, Facebook, Float, Odyssey, Telegram, and Twitch. Welcome back to the workshop where we create community, find freedom, promote preparedness, share success. I am Toolman Tim, and today is July 17th, 2022, and this is episode 140 of the workshop podcast. Today, it's going to be kind of a response video to all the fun we had up here with our telecoms outage. It was pretty crazy. Going to talk about that here in a few minutes. We're also going to do this week in the workshop segment as it's time to do one of those again. And we'll get the announcements out of the way first. First off, next week, I know the last couple of weeks, my schedule has been a little bit all over the place. Just one of those things, making life work and still getting you guys top quality content out there. So next week, we will be back to the regular scheduled program, same bat time, same bat channel, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, 7 p.m. Mountain Time, live with all three episodes. Looking forward to it. It's going to be good to be back in the regular, regular routine. Okay, we are getting closer to the Workshop Monthly Patch Club. Give you a little teaser of it. Uh, it so we're th there's a good chance we're going to do both a monthly sticker for a lower price, and then the monthly patch club, which is going to include the sticker and the patch to get started. There's going to be some extra perks involved. I haven't exactly decided yet, but you're going to be able to save a little bit of money with a yearly subscription. I'm thinking maybe doing something like uh, for the monthly patch club. I'm not 100% sure yet, but maybe individual Zoom sessions once or twice a year where we can, you know, chat and you can pick my brain about your business or whatever. We'll we'll figure it out. But if you have some ideas about some of the extra perks you'd like to see involved in that, as I want it to be more than just a way for you to support me, I want it to be a way for you to get value for the money you spend on it. And I'm kind of excited. And of course, I keep saying it, our Telegram group is, is growing a little bit by little bit. It's rather exciting. I really, really enjoy that group. It, I, it's the best place to hang out. It's not too busy. You can't keep up with the chat, but it's busy enough that there's always somebody around to answer your questions or to just shoot the shit with, which I love. So if you haven't yet, grab that link in the description, wherever, whether you're listening to this on the podcast or one of the multitude of video streams, grab that link, go over and join. We have, we've had a lot of scammers, hackers, spammers, whatever you want to call them. So we've instituted a slightly stricter policy for getting in. So when you go to join the club, join the group, there will be a little link at the top that we will have to click and allow you in. So just send me a PM, whatever you want to do, but I will keep an eye out there and I am doing my best to kind of streamline the process and make sure that you're not one of those Bitcoin scammers or a Nigerian prince looking to give me $10 million worth of inheritance. <laughs> So this week's today's tool, this week, that doesn't make sense. Today's tool, Tim, yes, too many T's, is the Crescent X6 4-in-1 ratcheting wrench set. I love that. That was my review video this week. My buddy Brian Alexevich from the Lots Project is the one who got me onto these, turned onto these incredible wrenches. So two wrenches replace eight standard wrenches. The metric, two wrenches replace eight metric wrenches so with four you can replace 16 wrenches in your toolbox powder coated black ratcheting in both directions and they will also the x6 means they will also run six different bolt and nut designs just an incredible engineering feat i love the product 37 dollars for a two pair uh, for a pack of two 
I've got the links to the standard or the metric set in the description today. So if you're looking to support the YouTube channel, the workshop, everything that I do, that's a great way to do it by going there or toolmantim.shop and check that out. Okay, so this week in the workshop, number one, you probably figure Tim's got something on the go because the schedule's been all over the place. We had a Thursday interview, which is normal. No, it's not actually. <laughs> Thursday show's normal. Then the Sunday evening interview was on Friday night live. <laughs> and now this is a pre-recorded episode for Sunday. And that is because, like I've told you a couple of times, my mom and dad jumped on a plane and flew out here. First time they've been to Alberta. First time my dad's been anywhere in his life outside of the Maritime Provinces. I'm proud of him, and we have had a hell of a good two weeks with him. And when you're watching this episode, we're heading to Edmonton to spend the last couple of days with him, take him to the what, second largest mall in North America, have a lot of fun, and then say some tearful goodbyes because it has been a hell of a time with mom and dad. I've loved it. I haven't had this much time with mom and dad in a long time, and it is just it's been incredible. So thanks for being patient with me, guys. But family's incredible and family's always first. And it's been just a wonderful time to have mom and dad with the grandkids and us. And oh, just been good. So we uh, we took them. We when I picked them up at the airport, haven't really talked to you guys about this, but we had a great time. For those of you who know Alberta, we went to Banff the first day. And that is just an incredible national park, beautiful Rocky Mountains with some glacial lakes in a really cool tourist town. They loved it. It was a lot of fun. Saw some really cool wildlife there. Then we went to the Calgary Zoo, which is the second biggest zoo in Canada. Had a lot of fun there. Uh, the penguin exhibit, it was just a really hot day. It was like 30, 30, 31 degrees Celsius. So, you know, in the 90s, I believe, Fahrenheit. So it was really nice to go in and cool off with the penguins once in a while. We just had a really good time once again. Really enjoyed ourselves. Run around the city a little bit and just had a good time. So we have implemented in the workshop a scrounge of the week award because one of the Ten Commandments of preparedness is thou shalt scrounge. So this week, the winner is Chris Dixon, who saved 10 moving blankets. In the pictures, they look like new, but moving blankets don't need to be new. He saved 10 moving blankets from the landfill, brought them home, and now they are his. So we always talk in the Telegram group, in the workshop, about the importance of saving material, saving scrap material, saving anything that you can use to save you money to turn into a project. And for Chris, that is incredible. I love moving blankets. We can't get them for free or almost free at Harbor Freight because we don't have Harbor Freight up here. But, you know, they're they're running what, 10, 15 bucks a piece. I, I scavenged a few from a bank property recently. It was really good. So if you have a scrounge of the week that you'd like sub to submit, send it to me on social, email, or most importantly, the best place is come in and brag at the Telegram group because I can promise you this, the workshop community will boost you up for the scrounge of the week. So I think what I'm going to do is send a couple of stickers out in the mail to whoever wins. So that'll be kind of fun. I'm enjoying that. Uh, something else that was really cool. I had a local guy, an older guy, came to me. He, he follows me on Instagram. And he said, hey, Tim, he said, I hear you. You, you got access to old, the old style DeWalt batteries because I can't get them at the store anymore. He said, I got lots of the great old, you know, the pillar style 18 volt DeWalt batteries uh, and tools. Tools work great. I'm down to one battery and it's driving me crazy. He said, can you find me some on that Amazon thing? I said, sure. Yeah, I can. Uh, good guy. He, he's one of the first guys to give me a snow contract years ago, and I really appreciate him. So I was able to order some for him on Amazon. 
they came in i took some pictures i was quite impressed with the build quality and we we him and i both came to the conclusion that they're probably made in the same chinese factory that all the dewalt batteries were made in it's just dewalt isn't ordering them anymore so they're just making them and selling them on ebay and amazon and they seem like a damn good battery so you know the proof will be in the pudding he's going to run them for a while and report back to me but I thought they were pretty good. I was fairly impressed. They felt heavy. They felt well built. The plastic didn't feel cheap. These knockoff batteries, I don't know. They're so far I've had good luck with them, and hopefully he does too. But let me know. Send some stuff in to me and let me know if you've had good or bad luck with knockoff batteries. Because I gotta say, that TikTok video of mine that went viral, 50% said you're gonna burn your house down. They're absolute junk. They they wore out the first day and I couldn't get my money back. And the other half said they're the best batteries they ever bought. And they've been running them for 15 years. So it's hard to say what they actually what actually means, what doesn't. But I think they seem pretty good to me so far. So something else I got in my mind recently was I'm all about tapping into existing stores of stored energy. And one of the, you know, a fairly large store of energy that I have all the time in my house is AA batteries. I usually have, you know, 100 to 200 of the Kirkland, I was going to say Amazon, the Kirkland Costco batteries usually have a lot of those, but I usually have four or five dozen Eneloop rechargeables, and most of them are charged at any given time. So I got thinking, how could I tap into that? What is the thing I need to use the most? And of course, that's my phone. I never seem to have enough battery banks on hand. Love battery banks, especially the ones that uh, I'm just trying to think of the ones that I've been carrying so far. I've had really good luck. There's uh, a few. Yeah, anyway, I have enough, but I can't always find them when I need them. That's the real problem. The Anchor ones are the ones I absolutely love. I've tried a few other ones. They're okay, but Anchor is the cat's ass when it comes to batteries, battery packs. Usually the kids will take one. Usually I have a couple. Usually one will be down to half charge. The other one will be full. So I thought, well, there must be a battery pack out there or a battery pack case that I could slap two or four AA batteries in and give myself some, you know, last minute, absolute, you know, the, the only option charged to my phone. You know, maybe I can get 10 or 20% on my phone, but that's all I need to make a phone call, send some texts, check the weather, whatever it happens to be. So I managed to get a cheap one that takes two AA batteries and I found a really nice one that takes four. So the, the two is here. I'm going to run some tests on that, but the four battery one looks like it's better built. So I'm going to run a lot of tests on that. So if you guys have had any luck with that, let me know. But I'm kind of excited about testing it out just to see, hey, how good will this be as a last resort charge for your phone? So from there, uh, we've got some new sponsors coming on board. The first one is Jace Case. So if you haven't heard about them, I'm pretty excited about this. So they are sending, If you, okay, I don't, I'm not exactly sure how they do it, but the process has been really painless for me so far. They basically supply you with, I want, I want to call it a year's supply of antibiotics. I believe there's six different types in there. And all you have to do is a telemedicine phone call if they require it. You you buy the case. They send it out to you. Uh, storage with, um, they, they send you literature on how to use it, the proper use for it. And yeah, it's a really cool system. I had eyed them up for a while, but I wasn't ready to pull the plug or pull the pin and spend the money. They got in contact with me and said, we'd love to send you one. We'd love you to review the entire process, let your people know. 
So this is as far as I've got so far. I mean, obviously it's not a positive or a negative review at this point. Just letting you know that I'm working my way through the process and I will report back to you and let you know. I got another company that has approached me. I'm really excited about this one. It's called WearSafe GPS Trackers. They design GPS trackers to use on construction equipment, generators, that got me excited, and pets. You guys know I love my dogs. <laughs> so I'm really excited about getting my hands on some of that stuff to test it out and let you guys know what I think. If any of you guys have used either of those products yet, let me know. I've got a 9 amp hour knockoff DeWalt battery. It's the 60 volt flex volt style. It's like a Chinese knockoff as well. Had a company send me that. Going to be running that through the paces for the next couple of months and see what I think. It looks good, but I'll let you know. Kind of cool job I did this week, which was rather fun. I get a call from the local grocery store and they said, hey, big truck was backing out. Knocked her security camera right off the wall. The wall is stucco. It's a real nice thick cement veneer on the outside of the building. And of course, what they did was it pulled the screws. They were Tapcons, if you guys know what they were. Tapcons with washers and pulled them right out of the wall. They wanted it in the same spot. So I was thinking about anchors. I wasn't sure what to do. So what I ended up doing, and if you guys have ever had this kind of trouble, I mean, stucco tends to be, you know, quarter to half inch thick at the most, but then it tend, you know, it also has some wire mesh in it. And then it usually tends to be over some sort of wood. So I grabbed a just as long or a little bit longer and about two sizes bigger lag screw. It still fit in the holes of the, the camera, but it was bigger than the existing holes that were there. So they basically just threaded themselves in, caught in, and bit really well. So sometimes if you have a screw that strips out of a hole, if you just go to the next size up, as long as it fits through the initial holes in whatever you're mounting, it'll work. And it worked great for me. So just a little tip for you if you're interested. Um, now, last week, Becky messaged me at the daycare and she says, "Hun, did you check the weather? And I hadn't. We ended up getting a tornado warning. Doesn't happen all the time here. But an hour away in the town of Castor, they had a sighting of a tornado. So we were just in the cusp, just on the edge of an actual tornado warning, not just a tornado watch. So it's something to think about. So, of course, we kind of, we, we didn't have a tornado plan for the daycare. We do now. But it made us think, we're like, you know what? We need to have a few different plans, emergency plans, you know, just worst case scenario kind of stuff for the daycare. So we're going to put all that together. We're going to do a, a tornado wildfire, I mean, could be an issue, but for us, tornado, power outage, ice storm, storm stayed overnight, just a few things like that. We're going to have emergency plans in place on paper, send them to the parents so they know what'll happen, just so we have things in place. You know, we're, we're all about safety and looking after the kids. We love the kids, but the tornado warning got us thinking. We're like, you know, we don't get tornadoes very often, but we made a plan that they would go in the main office downstairs in the northeast corner of the building and shut the door and get down on the ground. And that would be the safest place. I mean, we tend to not have very uh, deadly, I hate to use that word, but we, the, the tornadoes don't seem to be very powerful in Alberta, but it can always happen. So it's good to have a plan. There we are. And finally, I've been reading this week, Atomic Habits by James Clear. My girls love to read. Alice and Charlotte. Charlotte reads kind of preteen, teen, romance, mysteries, that kind of stuff. And Alice loves to read Japanese manga. So I took them to the store the other day and I eyed up. We, we went by this table and it said popular on TikTok. 
And that seems to be a lot of the books that Charlotte loves. There's these online book clubs where people with her interest and age read books. And right next to it was this Atomic Habits by James Clear. If you guys haven't read that yet, I would suggest giving it a chance. Of course, I'm not much for paper books anymore. I don't have time, so everything's through audio. I downloaded it on Audible, and it has been, I don't want to say a life changer yet, but holy cow, is it ever incredible. Talking about the benefits of micro changes, small changes over a long period of time, and how everybody wants to see fast, quick, 45-degree growth, but what it really ends up happening is these atomic small habits, small changes and small habits over a long period of time end up being exponential growth. So you end up seeing almost flatline for a long time until all of a sudden you hit success and you go, boom, like that. So check that out. It's an incredible book. I would say it would be under popular psychology. So he takes a lot of really heady concepts in the psych field, things about, you know, how we are, who we are, and our choices matter, and all this really interesting stuff. But he makes it believable, digestible, and easy. And he just shows how just doing things, just doing the little thing, adds up exponentially over time to find the success. So if you're looking for a book recommendation this week, that one has been great. And also I've been going back, uh, I reread, of course, our Going Home series. We got another book club meeting coming up soon. But right now I've been working back through the 290 day, 299 day series. I kind of like that. You know, it, it, it's not, you know, it's not a first place book for me. It would be a second place book behind going home when it comes to post-apocalyptic fiction, but it's pretty good. I'm on book three right now. If you've never read it, it's definitely worth reading. I always say read going home first, but 299 days would be my next choice for sure. All right. So let's get to the meat of this episode, the reason you came, the post-apocalyptic telecommunications outage that affected the entire continental United States' neighbor, Canada. <laughs> I thought I was going to go with the U.S. there. So all of Canada, well, I don't know what we have now, probably close to 40 million people, was affected by a major telecommunications outage on Friday, July the 8th. It was an interesting day. So let's break down the timeline for you in case you're wondering what happened. If you're like, Tim, I have no idea what happened. Well, so, you know, internet, cell phones, and purchasing point of sale services were mostly down throughout the entire country from the Atlantic Ocean to the Pacific Ocean, and people lost their collective minds. So I was, I'll set the stage for you. But I was a four-hour drive, a little over 400 kilometers, so somewhere in the like 250 to 300 mile range away from home. About a tank worth of fuel to get home if I needed to. But we were on vacation. I had mom and dad and my twins, Alice and Charlotte, with me. And we were in Calgary, and we planned on spending the weekend traveling around. And so, yeah, being four hours from home and this kind of stuff happens made me kind of nervous just made me rethink things. We never changed our plans, but it just made me change the way that I did plan. It was kind of interesting. So I got up early that morning. Mom and dad hadn't adjusted to the Alberta time change yet. So six in the morning, mom's like, hey, let's go for breakfast. Okay. I was beat, but we went down. We're sitting there having breakfast and we had CTV Newsnet was playing in the background. Like there's always news playing at these hotel breakfasts. I don't get it. Fox News, some places, CNN, others, and in Canada, it's just about always CTV Newsnet. 
In the background, I hear, oh, Rogers has an outage. No big deal. That was about it. Never heard anything more about it. Had breakfast. Went back upstairs. Had a shower. Get ready to leave. 8 o'clock in the morning. So the night before, I had let the tank of gas get just below half. I like to fill up at half. I should have filled up the night before, but I didn't. I said we'd fill up in the morning just before we headed out on a about a five-hour round-trip excursion to the Rockies. I was looking forward to that. So first thing we did was we went across the road to Tim Hortons. That's a Canadian staple for my American friends where they sell coffee. It's way better than Dunkin' Donuts, but not as good as McDonald's coffee. So that gives you an idea. But anyway, another story for another day. Had $100 cash in my wallet because when I travel like that, I do like to keep some hard currency on hand. I always kept $100 because that would fill my tank and would usually get me home. But anyway, went to McDonald's, or sorry, Tim Hortons, went through drive through and it says, hey, our debit and credit machine is down, only cash. Okay. So I pulled out my, some of my $100, spent $25 to get us all coffee and cold drinks. And then we went to the gas station. And when I got to the gas station, I realized, ooh, this is bigger than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> Pull up to the gas station pump and it says, sorry, our point of sale isn't working here. Hmm. So I'm like, well, I will try. It says debit not working. So I try my credit card at the pumps. No good. I go inside. I look at the bank machine. I think, well, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go over to the bank machine with my bank card. I'm going to take out a bunch of cash and we'll be good for the day. No, I'm not. Bank machine not working. Third party bank machines weren't working at any of the gas stations at that moment. So I said, okay, well, let's try this. Debit did not work at the counter. I went in and said, no, that's not going to work. So one of my credit cards did work. So some of them were working, some of them weren't. So I was able to fuel up with that. Okay. Like I said, at this point, I was down to like 75 bucks cash. And I knew at least one of my credit cards was working at one gas station. I filled up the gas tank. So I knew we were good to drive all the way out and all the way back. So worst case, we just had to kind of survive on the cash we had and, and drive and have a good day. Wasn't that bad. Uh, but third, so what were we dealing with? What wasn't working? Third-party ATMs everywhere. So every ATM that you see in a laundromat, in a gas station, at a restaurant, whatever, none of those were working. So there was, you know, you basically took 90% of all cash dispensing devices off the market and also told people, hey, you need cash. So people were panicking a little bit. Rogers, the largest cell phone provider in Canada, Looking at some of the numbers, they figure roughly half of all Canadians use Rogers for their cell phone or a company who buys cell phone service from Rogers. So about half of all of Canada could not make phone calls with their cell phone or pick up any internet. Hospital information technology systems were down, so they couldn't book appointments, they couldn't take appointments, everything had to be done old-fashioned through paper. Doctors were told to come into the hospital if they were on call that day because they weren't sure whether they could be called if needed. So the idea was, hey, come in, work, be here, because we don't know whether we can let you know <laughs> whether you can come in or not. So it was a rather interesting thing. Something that was quite scary for some people, 911 could not be called from most Rogers phones. What do you think about that? We're going to talk about that in a little bit. But people were panicking. The systems were down all day. So from 6 in the morning, I don't know what time exactly they started, but from 6 in the morning my time until I went to bed that night, almost nothing was working. 
at the time we got home, when we got home from our trip that day, I called Becky. I was chatting with my wife and I said, honey, like this sounds serious. I don't know what's going on. I said, I figure they were hacked. It's That's what I figured. And she, she read me a post that had come up on Twitter that had came from, at the time, what we thought was Roger's customer service. And it basically said, hey, we had to shut down our systems due to a system intrusion, quote unquote, hack. And they will be down until Monday. And to me, that seemed rather believable because if somebody hacked your system on a Friday, there's a good chance that Saturday and Sunday, not much will get fixed because so many people don't work on the weekends. Anyway, later on that day, I went along and I got to talk. I went into the gas station, decided I wanted to fuel up again. I talked to an armored car driver and he said he had been having one hell of a day trying to stay ahead of the few bank machines that were working because they were getting emptied as fast as they were getting filled up. So you created a demand for cash. Plus at the same time, cash was more required and more needed. There was way less of it available. So it's a supply and a demand. So all I could think of was, in my mind, I don't know how long it would take, but I could imagine within a couple of days, ATMs across the country would have been completely empty with probably not a hell of a lot of cash to put back into them, especially where it was the weekend. But he was wore right out. He'd been going all day long trying to refill bank machines, and he just couldn't stay on top of it. A bunch of our automatic payments didn't go through, so we had uh, some prepayments for Amazon and a couple of like pre-authorized debits for different bills and utilities. They all bounced and went back. We didn't know what we were going to do, but they were there. We couldn't do anything about it. I told Becky, I'm like, well, it's a nationwide system issue, so don't, don't fret about it. They'll fix it. It's not going to be anything we're going to have to deal with, but it's just something we have to live with for the time being. So the next morning, Rogers come out and said that that system intrusion was a hoax. They're now claiming that it was 100% due to system failure. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm guessing it was. That's what they're saying. And of course, the government's saying, we need to put you to task. You need to give us answers. So they give them 60 days to solve this so that it doesn't happen again. Like the government has any power over that kind of shit. Anyway, we all know it doesn't, but it's just, oh, this brought out the worst in humanity, but it was a really cool boots on the ground test of a whole bunch of preps, my ability to think on my feet and to just kind of foster that preparedness mindset. Now, Rogers is now offering a five day credit to everyone in the country that was affected by this. So that's their way of saying, here, here's some money, now shut up and go away. I don't know. So... That was a breakdown. That was kind of the timeline of events in Canada. And you could see the panic kind of just welling up collectively in people. You know, you heard people say things like, but I can't get baby formula. Well, number one, if you ran out of baby formula, if you were down to your last dribble of baby formula and you went to bed that night, you're a bad parent. Did I say it? I probably meant it, but holy shit, even when Becky and I were at our poorest and we had twins, we always kept multiple canisters of formula. We never let it get below three or four at a time. I know right now is a little bit of an exception, but come on, if you, 
Don't leave it to that. Don't ever leave it to that. And you know what? If you did, you're not really a bad parent. I don't mean that. I'm just being facetious. But stay on top of that kind of stuff. This is a lesson we all need to learn. We should, no one should ever be down to one day left of baby formula or any essential item. It just shouldn't happen. We should all have lots on hand, but you heard it, you know, people said, oh, all I had was debit and I couldn't go and buy baby formula or I couldn't go and buy diapers or I couldn't go insert whatever is important to you because all your money was in ones and zeros in your bank account. So here's what I learned. This is this was my thoughts. And I kept paying attention all day because honestly, I was living through that day thinking I had two options. Number one, it's going to be fixed in a day or two, and that'll be it. Or number two, this could be long-term, and I'm still going to have my vacation because what else can I do? And then I'm going to go home and we're going to deal with it. But you cannot be fully prepared for everything, no matter what we try to do as preppers or people who are worried about the worst case or the not so bad case scenarios, but you can never, ever be fully prepared for everything. But having the right mindset can help you get started. Okay. Having the right mindset can help you get started before everybody else. And it can help you think outside the box. Now, I think back to February, January and February. I'm going to say early February, 2020, when all of the COVID hysteria was going crazy. And I remember watching and I remember listening to a podcast episode of the Canadian Preparedness Podcast where Doc Bones and Nurse Amy came on and they were talking about this crazy virus coming out of China and how it was locking everything down. And I was watching it. Most people didn't care. Most people weren't paying attention. And I don't remember the exact day, but it was about a week before the lockdown. I want to say we were locked down March 13th. So I'm going to say it was around March 7th. I was listening to the news, watching the news, and I seen the first case came to Canada, and I thought, you know what? It's time. We need to... So I, I had a plan in my head. I talked to Becky a little bit about it. We were out of town that day, and I remember walking through Home Depot on my phone, reading the news, thinking, yep, it's here. It's time. And that switch flicked in my head. It flicked about three days before most everybody else did. Now, we already had lots of over-the-counter medicine. We had masks. We had say whatever was important. We had some of that at that time. So already being prepared helps you a bit. But I think that preparedness mindset where we make those, you know, those synapse connections where we think ahead of time, like, oh, what is it that I need to do? Or what would I do? And also... What is the line that when it gets crossed, I got to put my plan into action? So that's what happened back in March there. Early March, I started buying up more masks. But more importantly, I took some extra money that I hadn't planned on spending. And I went and I stocked the hell out of our over-the-counter medicines. I built up a really good stockpile of first aid medicines and supplies. Had my mask, my sanitizer. I had everything that was important to us. But that week, you know, those three to seven days that I had before everybody else meant I was already prepared ahead of time, but it allowed me to be prepared that much quicker. Now, that is exactly what happened the other day. I had some cash on hand. I had some gas in my car. I had half a tank and I had $75 left before I realized what was going on. So 75 with a tank of gas 
with a you know half a tank of gas would have been enough to fill my vehicle and drive back to my hometown to Provost if I needed to. So I was prepared. I wasn't as prepared as I should have been, but what it allowed me to do was it allowed me not to panic because I knew, hey, I have some stuff. I'm somewhat prepared. And then it allowed me to run those mental gymnastics through my brain and think, okay, what do I do? What are my solutions? So I started working through things. So my debit card wasn't working at the pump. Well, maybe it'll work inside. Didn't work inside. Maybe it'll work on the ATM. Didn't work on the ATM. Maybe my credit card will work at the pump. Didn't work at the pump. But guess what? One of my credit cards did work at the point of sale at the counter. So I had some redundancy. I had cash. I had my debit card. And I had multiple credit cards from multiple financial institutions. Now, I'm not, don't do this if you can't be responsible with them. But when we travel, we tend to have multiple cards because something can always happen. But I will also say that we just put a big chunk of cash in our bank account. Again, inaccessible. Didn't know. So I wor- I started working my way through my different options to figure, okay, this is what I'm going to do. This is next. This is next. This is next. So the next thing I did was I went and checked. Well, actually, I didn't do this till later on in the day, but I went to my home branch or at least a branch of my home bank, went into the bank machine, and it turned out that those ATMs attached directly to branches of your debit card were working. And I was able to get out cash. And I took out like 400 bucks so that I'd have it because I'm thinking in my head, taking out $400 won't hurt anything at that moment. But what it will do is give me enough cash to absolutely make sure that I can get home without any problems whatsoever. So by problem solving and working my way through one solution after another, this works, this doesn't, this works, this doesn't, it gave me time. So being prepared ahead of time takes the stress off you. And it gives you time to come up with a better plan. And it makes you make the right choices instead of the desperate choices. So like I said, you can never be fully prepared for everything. But by being prepared, it puts you a few steps ahead of everybody else. And it allows you to say, oh, yeah, okay, I can do this. And it buys you some time. It lets you breathe. And it lets you come up with solutions. Now, here's another I don't know if you call it a lesson or whatever you want to call it. I'm with Bell. That's the other. There's Bell, Shaw, and Rogers in Canada. So I'm not a Rogers customer, but I sure as shit was affected by Rogers outage. So how in the world did that happen? Well, it just goes to show that one little kink in this worldwide web mesh interconnected world we live in, one little issue, one little hiccup, one one little bug in the system can be enough to tear it all down and affect absolutely everybody. So through no fault of my own or through no fault of any company that I am affected or um, affiliated with, shit can still go sideways. So just remember, no matter how prepared we are, no matter how much redundancy we have, there's always things that can come out of left field that can hurt you. I mean, if, if Thursday evening before I went to bed, somebody said, tomorrow... There's going to be a nationwide Rogers outage. I would have thought, well, sucks if you're a Rogers customer. Well, Tim, guess what? It also sucks if you're a Bell or a Shaw customer. You know, could I call 911 with my phone that day? Yep. Could I pay my bills with my bank card? Nope. Who the hell knew that would happen? Now I do. Now I'm going to be prepared even more. (laughs) Now, here's something else. $100 used to fill my truck. I always kept a brown $100 bill in my wallet, or at least I try to, so that I knew 
I could fill up my tank and get home because we rarely go outside of kind of that four to five hour window. And, you know, I can probably go five to six hours on a full tank of gas to get home. And I don't believe I've ever been further than that from home, except on our extended cross country or down south road trips. But as far as, you know, all the trips we take in the run of an average year, I'm never that much further away. So $100 could always do it before. Guess what? $100 don't fill my truck anymore. It takes over $150 to fill my truck now. So I need to start thinking about how much cash I'm going to keep on hand. I also got thinking, you know what? What happens if I get caught in a snowstorm or in civil unrest or ah, water, you know, a road gets washed, whatever it happens to be. So I'm starting to rethink that $100 that I used to keep for emergencies because, you know, you always think, well, what if somebody steals it? What if you lose it? Whatever, blah, blah, blah. Well, you know what? That can happen. But the benefits of having it, I think, are worth more. So I'm really starting to think, I probably should have about 300 bucks cash. Wherever I store it or stash it, I may not let people know, but I'm going to have it on me when I'm traveling at all times because shit happens. And again, like I said, if you asked me the day before, Rogers is going to be out. I really wouldn't thought it would have been an issue, but it absolutely was. Now, don't ever go below more than half a tank of fuel. How many times have I said this? And I know, I know it can be hard, but it really doesn't cost any more to keep your tank full than it does to keep it empty once you filled it once. So even on road trips, even if you're like, you know what, I'll stop in just a little while. Just every time you get below half a tank, stop and fill it up. I mean, with, you know, I can get three hours drive in and a half a tank. Most people need to stop for bathroom break after about three hours, especially on our long trips. So I've always tried to keep it that way. Sometimes on long trips, I'll push it. But from now on, it's going to be half a tank. You know, if I'm if I'm going to Lloyd an hour away and I hit a half a tank on my way up there, I fuel up before I come home. You know, if I've got three quarters of a tank and I'm heading back, well, I'm going to fuel up back when I get home because I want to have a full tank once I get home. Just that kind of thing. But always have that mindset. Hey, half a tank's an empty tank. <laughs> full tank's a half a tank, but no. Just always keep it topped up and full because you just never know. I mean, having a full tank, it's such a simple little thing to do. But, you know, it can allow you to bug out and, you know, with freedom and peace of mind, it can allow you to go and sit in your vehicle if need be and stay warm for, what, 24 to 36 hours. It can allow you to run an inverter off your vehicle and have a metric shit ton of backup power to cycle through your fridge, your freezer, your your uh, deep well pump, whatever well, not your deep well pump, but your, uh, you know, your sump pump, anything like that. So having a vehicle... And having a full tank of gas or never going below half a tank of gas is freeing. Now, here's something else I thought, I realized, I saw. People were acting like it was the end of the goddamn world. It was unfriggin' believable. People were on the news and they're like, I can't call 911. What'll happen? I can't, I can't, I can't. It, they were just, the panic was unreal. But you know what? Most of the people were just pissed off that they couldn't surf the internet or they couldn't go to the concert by the band or the guy called The Weeknd. That was one of the largest complaints that you saw on the internet was, the concert was canceled. I'm sad. Uh, you know what? There's bigger problems right now. Don't worry about a damn concert. Now imagine if this was a four or five day 
or heaven help us, a longer outage. I mean, what would happen? You know, day one, people are pretty civil. But by day two, when the ATMs, day two, day three, and the ATMs have started running out of money and people can't access the money that's theirs and they feel entitled to it, whether that's rightfully or not rightfully so, but either way, what in the hell are you going to do? What are people going to do? I just can't imagine what, how the general public, the average Joe would react to something like this. Like I said, for the most part, things were pretty civil on day one. And I'm glad it only went to day one. But if we'd ended up going Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, like they said, two business days, four days in total, there's going to be a lot of pissed off, slightly nervous, slightly anxious people that don't know what the hell to do with themselves. So I'm really glad it didn't. Uh, I really, maybe I'm sick and twisted or I don't know, but it was a pretty good mental exercise for me to take that and run with it for four or five days or longer in my brain and say, okay, what's the plan? You know, this is plan A if it runs, this is, you know, plan one if it runs a day, plan two if it runs two days, plan three if it runs a weekend or four days. And then what do we do if this is a long-term outage? And you just think, but I can tell you the first thing I didn't do was panic or stress or be scared or nervous. Honestly, it was, like I said, I didn't change my plan. I just changed the way I planned. And it worked, and we had a great day. But like I said, most people were more worried about not being able to go to the concert by the weekend or surf the internet, whatever. Diversify. I talk about diversify, and I mean, it's great to have crypto. It's great to have gold and silver. It's great to have cash. But on the everyday way you spend your money, it's still good to diversify. Have some cash, have your debit card, and have boy, not everybody likes to hear this, but I think multiple credit cards can be a saving grace. In this instance, they were. I like having multiple credit cards because I can double up my points in certain places. You know, if I go to one gas station and I use a certain card, I'll get 10 times the points. But if I go to a different gas station, I got to use a different card. So just, just don't let them get, don't let yourself get in over your head with them because that is something we certainly did years ago and we don't do that anymore. But having multiple cards, having multiple redundancies, and diversifying in both forms. So forms of money and institutions that store or save your money is not a bad idea. Now, what was the public response? The biggest thing I heard was, how could the government allow all of this to happen? How could they allow Rogers to have such a monopoly that the internet going down can cause the point of sale across the country to fail. Well, that's just what happens. You want to have a system that is run is as efficient as possible. It's going to be run by a single company. And unfortunately, in the world we live today, these kind of systems are going to have failures. Whether this was a hack, which it doesn't sound like it was at this point. You know, it'd be pretty cool to say it was, but no, I'm just, anyway, it really doesn't sound like it was. It just sounds like it was a serious system failure, but you know what? It really does not matter whether it was a hack or a system failure. All that matters is the results of what happened. And those results were bad. People couldn't call 911. I mean, that was what it was. People couldn't access their cash. They couldn't buy things. And if you're not prepared, that really sucks. So of course... How did it happen? How did the government allow this to happen? 
we need more government regulation. The government needs to fix this. Government, 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 government. It's always the answer to these questions and these issues. And of course, well, the people said, we need the government to fix it. And then guess what happened? The government said, Shaw, Rogers, Bell, you have 60 days to come together and, co and come up with a bipartisan solution to make sure this doesn't happen again. Bullshit. It, whatever. All that is, is pandering to the public and saying, we're going to fix this. And all that's going to end up happening is there's going to be more legislation to make things more difficult for everyone. They're not going to solve it. It's not going to happen. It is what it is. It's the world we live in. And this kind of shit happens. The government is not going to solve it. We know that. But that tends to be the general public's response. Hey, government, fix this. Make scary thing go away so I feel better. If I have to spend money, take my taxes and spend it. Just make the fear go away with laws and taxes. Not the answer, but we all know that. So I'm preaching to the choir. And the last thing, my last thought was, what do you do if 911 doesn't work? Well, have you heard the term of being your own first responder? That is almost, I mean, what are cops? What are 911? What are the fire? Paramedics, maybe, yes, but what do you do? I mean, it's always a response. It's always a response to something. You need to be there and be willing to handle whatever emergency comes your way in the best situation you can. You know, is it great to have access to it? Yes. Should you depend on it? I don't think so. Be willing and able to defend yourself. Be willing and able to treat as many medical issues as you can. You know, have all the firefighting equipment and warning devices on hand to do whatever you can. But damn it, you need to and I need to be my own first responder because 911 isn't there to save you. It's there to respond and deal with the aftermath of whatever has already happened to you. The only way that you can have an instant response is you have to deal with whatever emergency you're dealing with at the moment and become your own first responder. So 911 doesn't work. Yeah, it sucks. But don't let it scare you shitless and deal with it. Got to be your own first responder. So I hope you guys enjoyed that. It was a rather interesting 12 hours that I dealt with that day. Like I said, we had a great day. We didn't change our plan. We just changed the way we did plan. Had a great day. Had some good ice cream. Oh, I shouldn't say it, but it was really good. Uh, just had an overall great day with the family, but it was a really cool experience to sit around and watch the world do what it does and respond in the way that it does, in the predictable way that it does. You could tell me, if you told me what was going to happen, I could have told you what the response was going to be from government, from people, from news. And it's exactly what happened, right? So there we are. I hope you enjoyed this. I did. I'm glad it was only one day because I hate to see any sort of pain or punishment on anybody. But it was good. We had a great time. We ended up staying safe and not allowing it to affect us in any way, shape, or form. So anyway, guys, from here, regular schedule next week. Rather excited to have you back and be live with you. I hope you enjoyed this pre-recorded episode. And as always, stay happy, stay healthy, and have a great week.